Hi, you guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and joining me, as he always does, hell, one day he'll live in this garage. It's Bob Castrone. Oh, hey, yeah, Bobby. I will. Yeah, I will. Maybe I already do. What's up, Dan? Wait, is it, what? When I go to sleep at night, what I've suspected is it true that you drive, park on the street, break into my garage. Yep. Sleep here to avoid your wife yep. and the family, crumbling marriage. Family responsibilities, all of it. And then slip out the door yep. in the morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's been going on I for a year I have found some of your like body hair here and there. I was like, oh, that's Bob's I'd piece. make a terrible criminal because there is <laughs> body hair out the ass. Like uh, Keith Morrison of Dateline says, and he would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for his incredible body hair There's issue. So much body hair. <laughs> Arm hair. Stomach hair. Oh, Bob, we're back in the garage. We're doing Blind Melon, Bob. And I, I, I think what we have to do, Bob, is qualify this as a um, dealer's choice episode. I think it Gotta is. Got to do it. I think it is because you were not a fan of Blind Melon. I was. We'll get, right. in, we'll get into it. And uh, Saying I was not a fan in tones that I didn't like Blind Melon, which wasn't true. I was right. just like what most people were like with Blind Melon. Which right. Was, Oh, I like no rain. That's a bit of a shot. But yes, you were like most people, quote unquote. Um, but I liked them. And I think that, you know, they put out an album that was important in the 90s. It was mm. a big album. And uh, we'll get into that as well. We'll get into all that. So I, you know, I feel like it fits the throwback pod. We're doing Blind Melon. Go fuck yourself. I like that, Bob. I really think. And as we do, when we do a dealer's choice episode, uh, which this is the third one, Ben Folds 5, U2, and now Blind Melon. This is exactly what the dealer's choice should be. Yeah, we are doing <laughs> albums that we would not do in if we had to put our heads together and pick one. It's just one of us clearly. Right. In absentia, this would not be happening. You could have gone your whole life without listening to this album in full. But tonight... That streak is coming to an end, and you will listen to a full Blind Melon album. And I'll say, Bob, when we did the Ben Folds 5 um, ep, I, I enjoyed I don't think I went back and dug into that album, but right. I enjoyed it in real time, and, as I recall. And, of course, we also did Zuropa. <laughs> Do you want to redo Zuropa? Because <laughs> maybe it didn't sink in the maybe, first time. Maybe I need one more one more take. Um, Blind Melon. Okay, so everybody knows it's the No Rain album. It's the B-Girl album. But, Bob, I feel like what you're here to do, if we were talking about a mission statement tonight, is... <laughs> drinking my Racer 5. I'm very excited. On the table. What you want to do, Bob, is tell people that it, they're not just the B-Girl band. Is that what this is, pod's going to be about today? Uh, I guess we, there's only one way to find out. There's only <laughs> one way to find out. When did this album come out, Bob? September 1992. Mm, wow, what a time. What a time to be alive. Yep. September 92. Uh, you want to know what happened back in September 92? I do. Actually, I do because I feel like September... Okay, so Bill got elected in November of 92. A couple months later. Uh, Bubba. Yeah, Wait, Bubba. Oh, I broke out my... Um, yeah, it's been uh, impersonation a couple weeks ago. Still got it. Let me see if I got a, a Bill Clinton impersonation. Oh, I think that was one of your impersonations. Uh, I did not have sex relations with that whore. Ooh. No? No, yeah, no. And also in 2018, can't say that. 
Can't call that poor That one was out. not my cum shot on that dress. Any any good? That was not bad. Okay. That one wasn't that bad. But I'm not going to take that as my own. No, I don't think you should. I don't think uh, Bubba's not joining the crew. <laughs> you have to it's be a person. Just, it's still just Pacey from Dawson's Creek <laughs> and the first line from the Bare Naked Lady it's song. It's been. Um, honestly, I think that you have to be a person of a certain age to know that there was a period where Bill Clinton was known as Bubba. Yeah. Oh, no, that didn't uh, translate at all. Anyway, so this was before that happened. He was on the campaign trail. What else was going on? Uh, on September 9th, the MTV Video Music Awards aired, and Howard Stern made a splash as Ooh, Fartman, Fartman, which I thought was the funniest thing in the world at the <laughs> age of 12. In his book, Private Parts, he talks about how as they were lowering him down on the cables um, in his Fartman costume, which include, included the um, exposed buttocks, uh, I think his fingers almost got like chopped off by... The wires becoming entwined. Oh God! And can you imagine? That's a bad way to go. If and that, if that, how he that's lost how the limbs. that's how the private parts movie starts too. It's the fart man thing. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it's that's, great. And who was on stage with him and grabbed his bare ass? Was it? It's a great oh, shit. pop culture artifact personality. I know there's like the story of the people backstage being disgusted by him. Like I think Axl Rose. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Who grabbed his ass? It was somebody cool. Luke Perry. That's great. That is a great. <laughs> Tidbit. What else? Uh, on September 29th that month, Magic Johnson announced that he was returning to play basketball, but he uh, didn't. He he did? He re- oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so he got the HIV in November 91. He played in the All-Star game in February of 92, and then he announced he was coming back. But then yeah. he actually did come back a couple of years later, and he was like kind of a beefy uh way beyond his even if he right. didn't catch the hiv he would have been you know over the hill but he yeah. came back and it was not a great way to end what was a distinguished career but it was also kind of a a human victory yeah you got to do yeah, it yeah. he got back on the court uh movies that came out September 92 Captain Ron which i have memories Is of Kurt Russell Kurt Russell yeah i remember watching that because there was like half of a boob like 48 minutes in and really? it was just on request constantly in pay-per-view. <laughs> so I would just wait for that because in 92, that was a big deal. As we've talked about on this podcast before, request was our pay-per-view channel. There was request one and request two, right. channel 95 and 98. <laughs> and uh, in our county, all the parents had, even if they were moral people, everyone kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, hey, there's a place you can go to on Route 59 where you could steal cable Yeah, there's forever. like a guy's uncle that will come to your house yes. and fix your box so you can steal cable. Uh, so everyone had free pay-per-view. So you would, any movie that came out really from 92 to 95, yeah. everyone, if you were a teenager, you were so fucking well-informed on basically any and, movie that was released. And Request 1 would just kind of cycle through movies all day long. Request 2 would play one movie, one movie for on a week repeat straight. for a week. So like nobody has seen the movie Sliver more than anybody <laughs> in Rockland County because it would just be one thing over and over again. The and all-time the all-time request to movie was Naked, Naked Gun, Gun 33, 33 and a Third because yep. they had basically run out of jokes about halfway through the movie. So they were <laughs> like the Zucker brothers uh, were just like, let's just end, end this movie after an hour and four minutes. So you got even more repeats yeah. over the week. So by the end of that week, I had seen, and again, this is before the internet, so there was really nothing, nothing to do. Nothing to do, nothing going um, on. I saw Naked Gun 3, honestly, I'm not even exaggerating, probably 50 times. Yeah, easy. Yeah, you would just turn it on, and it was funny enough to 
to just go back to every single just weird time. Al at the Oscars <laughs> over and over and over again. Oh, we need to Raquel go back. Welch eating a microphone. Yes, we need to go back and watch. That I again. say take those cats and skin them was and use the, them for and warm. that was the one with Anna Nicole Smith. Yes, yes, it was really funny. Really Naked funny. Gun, one of the greatest uh, trilogies ever. Last of the Mohicans came out that month, and I want you to identify this movie, which I know you'll be able to do based on one word. Oh, where have you gone, Brendan Fraser? Of course, it is school ties. School ties. And um, yeah, I knew you'd be able to identify it because, you know, I am half Jewish. Yes. Uh, And Pearl River, that rounded me up to fully Jewish. Pearl River was like half school ties. Yeah, because there were like four (laughs) Jews in the entire county, in the entire town period. So I was Jewish. And uh, when School Ties came out, uh, you would yell cowards at me. <laughs> <laughs> that is like kind of like right, right on the verge of anti-Semitic. No, but, but right on was, the right side. It was fully endorsed by the non-Jewish half of me. I thought it was amazing. Like we would just yell it at each other. <laughs> but that scene, uh, really a really poignant scene, much like Mystic River years later that we would... <laughs> Just laugh Is that my daughter? That we would just laugh at. Uh, cowards became shorthand for us. Just yelling cowards at people. <laughs> Brandon Fraser in the rain. Mm-hmm. Before uh, before Tim Robbins and Shawshank Redemption became the go-to standing in the rain yelling oh, yeah. or ex- being expressive and emotive, there was Brandon Fraser yelling at a bunch of uh, Jew-hating prep school kids. Including Matt Damon. <laughs> Uh, which takes us to the number one song, right? Bob? Number one dance song. This was not the number one song in America. This was the number one dance hit on the charts. And I'm so happy, Bobby, you chose the dance charts because this was peak dance music. Yes. 1992. Oh, shit. Build up. So, you know, some might say peak dance music now. Oakenfold's days. No, this is it. It was the era of Technotronic. And CNC yeah. Music Factory. It was like the era of um, female vocalists of indeterminate origin <laughs> with like monster hooks. Maybe she's Swedish. Maybe she's black. I have no idea. Maybe both. And then the same club beat over and over. Wait, is there anything else out of this, to the song other than everybody's free, free to feel good? I don't think so, is there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is this bitch talking about? <laughs> oh, we should say this is Rosala, Bob. No, we shouldn't. Nobody, that doesn't help anybody. It's does someone's it? Aunt Rosala. That's all I know. That helps. Probably somebody. a German woman. This reminds me of the Montvel roller rink. (laughs) Yes. Late in um, late middle school days. Which uh, no way does that place exist anymore. There's zero chance. Late middle school, like seventh, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. 
Uh, you'd have your mom drop you off at the roller rink on a Friday night. It was just called The Rink. The Rink. Which is a very 1992 In Montville, thing. New Jersey. And uh, you would just skate around in circles for four hours. And with, get pussy. With other 11-year-olds. N- nobody was getting pussy. Backward dance. Take your pussy. If you out. were lucky, you got a couple skate where you were holding hands with one person and skating around in circles. Do you remember, though, the one guy in the mic that got arrested for backward skating, take your pussies out? <laughs> no, I don't. I was. I was that was related. super inappropriate given the clientele. If you were a real playa, you were skating backwards holding two hands with a lady. Whoa. Yeah, that's yeah, how you I knew what you were that. doing. Yeah. Uh, my first um, girlfriend, and it lasted for about four days, but I gained my first girlfriend at the rink where uh, she told me in a private conversation off to the side that we were together. Oh. And then she broke up with me before our first date. That happened often in middle school. I yeah. definitely had relationships that started in like second period and ended by eighth. Um, just so you know, Bob, Bob, Aunt Rosala is a Zambian electric music performer. Damn. Zambia. Zambia? Zambia? What is Zambian? Is it in Africa? Oh, you know what it is? Motherfucker. Zambian is people that are, are people that are from Zimbabwe. Okay. Who that the makes fuck sense. knew? <laughs> Good for her. And I, I you should know, Bob, that Billboard magazine ranked her ranked her as the ninety eighth most successful dance artist of all time. <laughs> so there's more hits where that came from. I just don't remember it. Take that, marshmallow. Right? I love the right? marshmallow. All right, that's a great way to get into today's artist, Bob. Is it, though? I don't know. There we go. Yes. Wait, the song started? It started. Wait, was the band not ready? And they just... <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, there we go. That is the first track of Blind El- uh, Melon's eponymous Bob debut album, released September twenty second, nineteen ninety two. Put it on the board. Wait, uh, wait, wait! I mean, put it on the board if you want, but that's a long string on that board. Uh, track track one. It's a long red string, but it's on there. Soak the sin, Bob. Yes, and right away you get a taste of what this band is. They're like a jam bandy 1992 version of a Black Crowsy fish esque type music, but poppier, as they're going to prove to be. Mm, like uh, Axl Rose, um, Shannon Hoon, the lead singer, had moved from the Midwest to LA where he met a bunch of dudes and they began playing together. And uh, led to an EP, which then led to the recording of this album. I guess they got signed by a major label, Capitol Records, and this was the result. Well, you say like Axl Rose. Did you do that on purpose? Um, no, but there is a connection. There right? is a connection. Shannon Hoon was in uh, the Don't Cry video. 
That's right. Singing a little backup. Him and Axel became friends, probably That's because right. they have that shared history. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as for the song itself, Bob, it strikes me, and I am not a Fish fan. I don't like kind of jam bands. Um, so this feels a little sloppy sounding to me, just to be completely honest with yeah, you. Yeah, hey, you're allowed. And um, it doesn't sound bad to me. It just it sounds a little loose. It's a little loose. It's it's. This is an album I haven't listened to in a long time. So I'm hearing it with fresh ears, too. I've never been a jam band guy. I... I don't like fish. I've li- I like one fish song. I think. Never got into the Grateful Dead, but I like this. I you like do. You guys. were like the guy in high school. You were the only blind melon fan. Literally the only one of three Jews and one of one blind melon fans. Not only was Bob the only blind melon fan, and this is important. Um, Save it. When <laughs> Kurt Cobain. <laughs> I'm actually I'm impressed you showed the restraint to make it this deep into the podcast <laughs> without talking about this. Actually, I completely forgot about it until we just started going down this memory lane. When Kurt Cobain killed himself, um, obviously committed suicide in April '94. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. It was very, very common to see uh, Cobain. Um, I guess odes to Cobain in memorial in memoriam. And you would see Kurt Cobain, 1967 to 1994. Right. Written on the bottom of a John Sport backpack. Typically. Or a button or wherever. Yeah. Um, Bob, after Shannon Hoon OD'd in 1995, was literally the only person in the world <laughs> who on the bottom of his Jan Sport yep. had written Shannon Hoon, 1967 to 1995. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that. Very sad that Shannon Hoon died, but it is kind of burned into my memory uh, that you had 1967 to 1995. Yeah. Shannon Hoon. And I'm double checking his Wikipedia that exactly like Kurt Cobain, born, both born in 67. Yeah. So you were, that makes you the biggest Shannon Hoon fan in the history of the world. <laughs> I'm surprised you weren't at his funeral. I don't know why I don't have a Shannon Hoon tattoo right now. Maybe it's not too late. Are you sure you don't? <laughs> like it's somewhere like tucked away on your body? Uh, you know what? If enough people tweet at me to get one, I'll do it. <laughs> How, How many people? That? Put it out there. Oh, to scale with our Twitter following, four? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How about a thousand people? If I had a thousand people tweet at me, get a Shannon Hoon tattoo. You'll do it? So I'll, get, I'll get a blind mouth tattoo. Okay. Okay. This is a great song. All right, here we go. Track two, Tones of Home. Let's listen. You're going to regret that one. (laughs) We're going to get back to this in a second, Bob. But what we'll do is, on the Throwback Pod, um, Twitter handle, at Throwback Pod, um, you'll say, should... I get a blind melon tattoo. And then if that gets 1,000 likes. No, that's different. That's different. No, it's not. Yeah, it's different than replies. Because we can't track it otherwise. You're not going to count up 1,000 You can track replies. replies. You can. No. But these are the these are the terms. I don't know if I agree with these terms. Because you know it could happen. One, But it probably wouldn't, Bob. What are the chances? It's still highly unlikely. Say, should I get a blind melon tattoo? Question mark, double hyphen, Bob. And then if that gets 1,000 hearts, likes, you get the tattoo. Come on, Bob. 
I'm not trying to beat the system or, or screw you over, but that's how we could track it. You're going to be fine, Bob. We don't have a thousand listeners. Yeah, but you have something dirty up your sleeve. I promise I wouldn't do anything crazy. <laughs> you have my word. Other than maybe a retweet, um, I, would, I wouldn't start any campaign. It would just sit there and let the fates decide. All right, and I would, I would, all right, you know what? We'll come back to this at the end of the episode. Okay. Yeah. Don't forget. All right. You don't forget. I'm going to forget. What are your thoughts, Tones of Home? Do you recognize it? It was the single. Really? I don't. This is actually the first single from the album. Yeah, I love this song. It's a great song. Sounds nice. Dan's already tweeted. He's already like emailing his insider cabal of Twitter uh, influencers. No, what I did was I wrote down the exact language of what I just laid out because I I don't want any loopholes. And then I'm going to bring it up later. Tones of Home, the first single, Bob, ever released by Blind Melon, Shannon Hoon, 1967 to 1995. Really good song. I would listen to that a lot. I would skip over track one, go right to track two. This was... 92, 93, so it was exciting to have a CD player with CDs. I definitely own the CD, not a cassette. Making the transition. Really? Really, com- really coming to my own around this time. That's a good. That's actually a good topic. What's the last cassette? Ooh. I only bought one cassette ever. Really? And it was uh, because I didn't get a, um, a stereo until my 15th birthday. So I didn't even have access to like CDs. So Ooh. I was... Um, exclusively a tape guy until April 95. Wow, that's a yeah. long time to be a tape guy. Yeah. And uh, the first tape that I bought that was an album was Nirvana Unplugged in New York. And so that came out in like November 94. And then I think I repurchased that later in CD. I think the last cassette I bought was Soul Asylum's Let Your Dim Light Shine. I remember owning that on cassette, not CD. <laughs> So that was probably it, because that was later. A little Tones of Home, Bob. Um, housekeeping. Released in 92. Reached number 20 on the Modern Rock chart. Uh, so this was pre-No Rain. Yes. It, it had a foothold. And then after No Rain came out, um, usually we, we don't talk about a song as it, as it, before it comes up. But with this band, it's so inescapable, No right. Rain, that you have to kind of contextualize around it. Tones of Home was re-released after No Rain. Wow. Um, and, Double dipping. And was given a new video. Ooh, interesting. Uh, and I remember it had a cool video, but I don't know if I'm remembering. I'm, I assume I'm remembering the second video. It was a sequel to the No Rain video, and the B-Girl was in it. Oh, no, that's oh, not good. I don't like that. That's bad. Anyway, it, upon re-release, it reached number 10, so I guess it worked on it worked. the mainstream rock chart. Anyway, it also, a couple more fun facts, Bob. It was on the Tones of Home colon the Best of Blind Melon compilation. You would think. She just said no rain. No <laughs> rain. Uh, and the song was featured on Guitar Hero colon Warriors of Rock. Oh, wow. Why didn't we have that one? I don't know. But here we go. Track three. Always a pivotal track on any album. I wonder. Good song. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes. Can I just say before... Shannon, 67 to 95, starts singing. Yep. I really did love his voice. Really cool voice. Yeah, a really unique, cool voice. 
God, you know I tried. I know how hard I tried. You know I tried. Hold on to your asses. Is the song over? What was that? That's it. Now it's just beginning. <laughs> That's like a Leonard Skinner song. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a big Southern rock thing happening here. I think this the, is very Black Rosie. The Black Crows, yeah. I think, it's funny thinking, like looking back now, like I'd say they're probably most similar to the Black Crows. And nobody, like, would ever put them together. But now that I'm hearing this album, yeah, yeah I could hear that. Do you remember, uh, do you remember when we were in high school, we were, uh, one day we were talking about like what all of like the kids in our school, what musical act they were. And we were like, Oh, Colin, he's really cool. Everybody likes him. <laughs> we like him. Like, it's hard not to like him. Right. He's kind of like, uh, he's like Dave Matthews. Shit. I don't remember this conversation. But oh, I remember fun. this. We should update that for our current social circle. And we'd be like, Oh, this person is this like. Kind of rubs people the wrong way. Everybody they're, try this at home, by the way, with your friends. There's Cypress Hill. Like, whatever. So we went through everybody. Do you remember? And so you probably don't remember who we were. Blind Melon? Nope. Oh. We were the Black Crows. We decided we were the Black Crows. <laughs> I totally because know why. Because the people who like us get us, and they're yeah. in. And a lot of people just don't get it. Or don't care to, or don't care. to even check in Yeah, on not it. get it like we're better. They just don't get yeah. it. They're just not, they're not plugged in. I get that. Yeah, so we had a very loyal fan base, but that was it. <laughs> Did that mean that we had like a, a deep love of a bushy black pubic hair? Yes, in like the Amorica album. Or that we were brothers who would eventually stop talking to each other. And release a really good Behind the Music episode. Did, um, did you hear Chris Robinson was on Howard Stern a few weeks ago? No. He was back on Stern and talking about that uh, tour he did with Oasis. Oh, he talked about yeah, that. Yeah, the brotherly love tour. We were there, or I was there. You, you were there. You it. fuck. No, I didn't miss it. You fucked me over. <laughs> I did not. You fuck son you of a bitch. Over. I'm still not happy. You got sandbagged, but it was an unintentional. No, sandbag. but it was your fault. <laughs> I'm still pissed about it. It was not a good tour, if that helps you. No, it, it doesn't. It was Oasis at their nadir. Honestly, it was. They not only were they touring behind an uninspired album, standing on the shoulder of giants. Yeah. They did not even play most of their hits, and they shared the bill with the Black Crows. And at, at Radio City, where you were supposed to see them, where we saw them, uh, it was like a pro-Black Crows crowd. And the Black Crows didn't play their hits either. And it was just like, what the? who the fuck is invested right now? I was supposed to see them twice. Your idiot former roommate, who we talked about on one of our, on our Wilco episode, uh, ended up taking my ticket when he came to New York to go see Radio City. And I said, not a big deal. We're going to Boston. I'll see him in Boston. And then when we went to pick up the ticket from him on the way to Boston, he disappeared and we didn't get the tickets to Boston. So I didn't get to see him in Boston. He, instead of mailing the tickets like he was supposed to, I think he had them on his person and he was like deep in like the suburbia of New England. Yeah. And we just didn't have time to drive all the way to get the tickets. And it was just a shit show. So I missed it. However, we did go to a bar that we heard Oasis and the Black Crows would go to three of cups three of cups in the east village and we got to see chris robinson and kate hudson in 2002 canoodling 2002 was it yes it was right around then yeah 
And that was exciting. SNL cast members there. It was a Sarah really, Silverman was there. Sarah Silverman. It was like a who's who of like up and coming underground. I talent. almost talked to Sarah Silverman. I was going to hit on her. Twenty-two year old. Well, I'm sure that would have went well. It would not have gone well, but I didn't know that. I was still going to go for it. Sarah didn't, Silverman under the radar as like one of the hottest chicks of that era. People don't really view her that way. I know. She's I think so attractive. I'm still in love with her. I think like it's it dawns on me every once in a while like how much I love her. You'll never have her, Bob. No, that's obviously true. This is another good song. Paper scratcher. Another really good song. Take me back to Woodstock 94, drop me in the field, let me just do some mushrooms and dance to Blind Melon. That's all I want. <laughs> they were on that bill. They, right. were, they were on that bill. He came out in a dress and makeup. Because he was a heroin addict. <laughs> well, there was that. And um, you know, He didn't know he was at Woodstock, but they were there. Woodstock 94, everything ties together. Woodstock 94 aired on request. It did. They played the whole, they streamed the whole concert on our illegal cable. My dad taped the entire thing and I was so excited to be able to watch it. And when Blind Melon was coming out, I was like, they're my favorite. They're my favorite band ever right now. And they came out and Shannon Hoon was wearing a dress and makeup and just strung out beyond belief. Mm. And I had to sit there as my dad was just looking at me like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with this? That's so funny because like, our parents are baby boomers. Yep. And the aesthetic of a lot of like post 80s, like that grunge alternative movement. And I think Kurt Cobain had a, a major uh, influence on that is like subverting being a rock star. And that meant maybe showing up on stage wearing a dress, all that shit. And those are like punk elements. Uh, that seeped into the mainstream. All that shit does not fucking translate with somebody that was born in 1952. <laughs> not at all. Like where if you were a, if you were like a, a white dad um, born in 1952, like the idea of someone on the stage with a dress was like Bob Seger wore blue jeans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is <laughs> that's a, rock and roll. That's rock and roll. Bruce Springsteen wore a black leather vest and black jeans. That's what you Jim Morrison wore leather pants, man. My dad That's definitely music. my dad definitely used words that are not acceptable in 2018 <laughs> as he derided me for liking this guy wearing lipstick and just screaming god knows what. But you know what? It's like um and we're going to be victims of this sooner rather than later like in the words of the immortal Will Smith who we talked about a couple weeks ago Parents just don't understand. Nice. Dear old dad. This ties together. (laughs) All ties together. Oh my God, Shannon, who did such a bad relationship with his father. There's no (laughs) way. There's no way he didn't. There's no way that was a positive, nurturing relationship. No, not at all. This is great. 
Blind Melon is definitely a band that I don't think I would have continued liking if they stuck around. Like, as much as I liked this and I latched onto it when I was 13, I think that, you know, the next album, Soup, I didn't buy. And then that was it. Although I absolutely Galaxy's love an Galaxy incredible song. single. But if you want to see what a heroin addict looks like shortly before he dies... Yeah. Watch the video for Galaxy. It's actually like kind of heartbreaking to see how fucked up he is in yeah. that video. And then I believe there was some like, um, not to get off, off course here, but there was some like MTV special uh, a few years later. Um, or maybe I read it. Might it might have just been the behind the music. Or there the was bo- a blind yes, behind the music. It, it was yeah. the behind the music that he was so strung out on heroin and so fucked up that in the video for. Um, Galaxy, he put his head through the fucking windshield. Yes, uh, that's right. Because he was so out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, I. It, by the way, a lyric caught my attention there, and I was like, what was the relationship with the father? Uh, don't touch me there. I've got to be pure. So smack that hand and read this verse. So I wrecked your life. But this isn't about molestation, is it? Is it? I don't know. You tell me. You're the, literally the biggest Shannon Hoon fan <laughs> in the world. I might be the only Shannon Hoon fan with a tattoo memorializing him soon. Um, Potentially. I don't know. There was uh, no internet in 92, 93. I, w- I was just listening and enjoying it. So we don't. Okay. I wasn't getting deeper into uh, the lyrics, but maybe. That potentially could be a fucking super, super deep and disturbing song. Uh, let me give you a rundown, Bob, as we're about halfway through the album. Um, I kind of like Paper Scratcher. Mm-hmm. Kind of like I Wonder. Um, soak the uh, Soak the Sin, I, eh. I could definitely leave behind. Tones of Home, I was into. So far, it's kind of exactly what I thought it yeah, was going to be. Yeah, it's got a good sound. It's its very, it's its own thing. All right, oh. here is Change. And do you know this song? I'll let you know in a minute. Okay, because this is it. What do you mean? This is it. Like, this is their best song. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is something. Bold statement. All right, here it is. Here we are, coming up on WBRC Change Blind Melon. Is it me? I feel like when your dad was 
judging you, maybe even without saying it, about Shannon Hoon, why not just play this song and be like, this is like every 70s rock yeah, song this is that everything you, you bowed like. at the altar for. I think all was erased by the lipstick and uh, eye makeup. It, doesn't, it didn't matter This is like point. a 70s rock song. It's incredible. It's an incredible song. On that Behind the Music, this was the song that like anchored the entire episode because it's so <laughs> emotional. Not only are you the number one Shannon Hoon fan, you're the number one Behind the Music Blind and Mullen <laughs> fan. There is. It's like you, then John Fugel sang... And then John Sencio came up hard from the MTV side. Obviously, he was into yeah. It as well. When um, when you're like 13 and you're just longing to be deep on any level whatsoever, and you're looking for anything to sort of set you apart from people or make you feel like you're connecting to something bigger, like this was the song for me where I was like, I'm moody <laughs> and I'm deep, and I get this song, and I remember loving this song so much, and it's a beautiful song. This sounds so familiar to a very, very famous '70s rock song that it's just on the tip of my tongue. It's like Almond Brothersy, like it's. it's a, can't you see? Yeah. Can't you see? Yeah, it has that vibe. All right, so you love that song. That I love sounds like that a song. Spotify. That sounds like a, a Spotify slammer for you. Bob. Going into this, I was like, I don't think it's going to be that one. But because, you know, we, we, we lean slow songs sometimes. And I was like, oh, we don't need that. But God damn, that's so good. Um, it's the best song on the album. It's the best song. Stop it, Bob. They've no done. Rain's on this album. I know, but it's different. We'll talk about No Rain, obviously. Uh, this is, uh, quick aside, Bob, don't get upset. This is the song that I think that sounds exactly like. Like it's yeah. almost like a cover. <laughs> no, it's that same twangy 70s guitar. But the chorus, Bob. Like I'm saying there could be litigation potentially. <laughs> this is a good like little like palate cleanser as we dive into the second half. Okay, okay. This is also what gets us sued. Just an out-of-context song like this from the 70s from one of these bands that you know needs the money now. They can't afford lawyers. <laughs> um, oh, come on, 70s. Does this song need to be six minutes long? No, definitely not. This is the song that I was... The entire time the song was playing, I was trying to figure out. Yeah. It's Marshall huh. Tucker band, Can't You See. Anyway, let me tell you something, Bob. I'm an Oasis fan, so I don't, I don't ever shit on a band for kind of pilfering a, a melody or sure. capturing the spirit of another earlier artist. That's what I believe they did with change. Sure. I'll tell you, I, you know, I, I won't take that as a, as a dig, even though I think it kind of is. It's not, it maybe I'm negging them a little bit, but it's not a dig. Right. No, that's like the, when you wear your influence on your sleeve, it's like one of those songs. Right. Right. But it, there's no way change is better than this. This is one of the best songs of the nineties. Right, for a Bob. fan, for a fan, Bob, let let the song breathe. Just let it happen. Gladly.
I never noticed the double track vocal there. The melody there. Mm-hmm. No rain, Bob. A perfect song. Yes. Your your thoughts on No Rain? It's one of my three favorite three favorite songs of the nineties, for sure. It's the best of the best. I it agree. Is, I totally agree. It has, it does everything right. I love this song. It was never overplayed for me. I'll listen to it from beginning to end every single time it comes on to this day. I'm totally with you. The, the B girl in the video became kind of bigger than the song in the era, but now with a little distance, the song kind of stands on its own when it comes on and it's kind of a classic rock song in its own sense. Um, when I was in college, when, remember like right around 99, they started putting out the desktop computers that had CD burning technology? Oh, yeah. It's a fucking That was my deal. first computer in college, had that, and it was very Same exciting. with me. It was such a huge deal. And the biggest project that I undertook was um, a best of the 90s, a three CD best of the 90s, 18 tracks, 18, 36, 54. And I remember when I was, and I spent probably... 100 hours cultivating right. it and trying to figure out the track listing. No Rain was track one on disc one because I think it perfectly, and Best of the 90s was essentially an alternative rock Yeah, uh, uh, for me. It was a perfect way to start that um, mix CD uh, trilogy because it's like perfect 90s rock. It is. And going back to, you know, coming off the last song, this to me is like, we're both Counting Crows fans. The way Mr. Jones was the biggest song off of August and Everything right. After. You might not say it's the best song on August and Everything After. But, but it probably was. But it probably was. Yeah. You can't ever deny its importance. That's how I feel about No Rain to Change. No Rain is such an amazing song. It deserves all of the kudos. and everything. It deserves to be track one on your, uh, your CD. Congratulations, No Rain. You deserve the kudos. You deserve the kudos. Wait, is change a murder of one, to extend that analogy? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it, it is. That's a perfect way. Um, I get it, Bob. Yeah. A band that you have a personal connection with, This is the, the that's the song that everyone has like a universal connection right. with. So you're... You have to find something You're going to like shy away from it for that reason. Yeah. But this was my favorite song for years. And that summer, uh, summer of 93, was like the summer that turned me into a real music fan mm-hmm. like moved me away from the pop a great time and the everybody's free and the three songs that did it i might have said this on the podcast before were jeremy by pearl jam crying by aerosmith and no rain by blind melon because they were on constant repeat on mtv and just watching those three videos over and over again all summer long <laughs> made me an alternative music fan yeah totally i i think uh that's pretty good though, Bob. Yeah. Like that's a good like entry into like the semi underground of popular music at that time. That was a good like alternative rock was a good it really was it was kind of a catch all term for record and people like Kurt Cobain would despise it. But being an alternative rock fan, it was like you are kind of like I'm gonna go a little below the surface. Not yeah. too far under. Not too far because it was I'm not still... going to the underground. Right. But I'm going to go just an alternative. Because it was still pop, but it was a little bit off. 
Um, all right, so you follow up No Rain with Deserted. Let's listen. Sounds like early live to me, and I don't mean no disrespect. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is like um, yeah, no, that's this is mental jewelry era live to me. If you wanted to call this mid album filler, I would not fight you on that. Um, I liked mental jewelry by live. You so did. I don't have a problem. Wait, was with that it. the one with Beauty of Gray? <laughs> yes, Beauty that was of a Gray. Good song. Mirror song. Pain lies by the riverside. Oh, that was a good song Should too. We do that album. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's deserted. Um, but you, you would say on this album that would be... Uh, Maybe. I mean, again, I have not listened to this in a long time. Why not? Because obviously the album has a pull to you emotionally. It does. I don't know. I just haven't. You think that says a lot about kind of where you're at in your life, that you're kind of losing touch with what, like who you actually are? As life takes hold, maybe let's when, get into that a little bit. When you say it that way, maybe. Um, no, you know, I have been trying to listen to uh, more jam bandy kind of stuff lately. Like, are I, you becoming a fish fan? We no, cannot I'm not. be friends. If I don't. You a fish I still fan. don't like them. But like, I've tried getting into some older Grateful Dead albums to see if I'm if I'm into oh, it. Shit. Yeah, I'm curious. I, I see where your arc's going. I'm a little sudden. curious. It can go one of two ways. You're either going to be like a a fat post hippie or you're going to be <laughs> Kevin Spacey in the garage on the bench press listening to uh, blind melon <laughs> smoking weed and getting jacked. That's what I want to be before being shot for being a potential homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I see my trajectory pushing me, but who knows? Who knows? Life is weird, man. Wow. I didn't even think of that. Cause now America beauty has been cast out of pop culture. Yeah. It's the smash mouth of movies. <laughs> it really is. Like the hook of that movie, the gotcha moment was um, a guy thinking that Kevin Spacey was gay. Yeah. And then Kevin Spacey like being, hey, bro. Not just gay. I'm not gay. Gay with a much younger boy. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Uh, Art. Life. By the way, I have to say, um, fuck everybody. All you fucking um, cinephile hipsters are like, try to group... um, American Beauty in with Garden State. And now I get it. Oh, is that happening now? Is that a thing? Yeah, it is a big thing. Like People say that American Beauty is a piece of shit movie. And now I get it. It's more problematic because Kevin Spacey is a probable monster. But fuck you. That's a fun movie to watch. I always liked uh, American Beauty. I rewatched it a couple years ago. I said, I get why the 19-year-old version, 19-year-old boner version of me was into that and why now it seems a little... Um, less like important right. and interesting and fascinating, still a fun movie. I will say it dawned on me a few years ago and I can't get past it. If you did a shot for shot remake of American Beauty yeah. and you cast Will Ferrell in the Kevin Spacey role and like Michael Sarah as the guy next door and wait, yeah. Michael Sarah as the drill, drill instructor as the kid. Or, and, uh, you know, Emma Stone, if you did a shot for shot remake of that and cast it with comedians, it would be the funniest movie you've ever seen. Does Will Ferrell get shot in the head? Yeah. Well, it's the exact same movie, (laughs) but if you cast it comedically and you played it for comedy, it's so funny because it is an unintentionally funny movie in a lot of ways. Uh, Judd Apatow's wife is playing Annette Bening's. Yes. Leslie Mann doing that. Yeah. How great would that movie be? 
better than Sleepy House by Blind Mel. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like that. It's setting a mood. I like it. I like the sad guitar in it. Okay. There's a time and a place for Blind Melon. It's interesting that they kind of went, either they um, they kind of were, were able to look into the future and see how big No Rain was going to be, but... On some level, on some level, it kind of sealed their doom as being only connected to that one song by a lot of people. The even the album cover has the B girl on it. Yeah, that's very rare. That is very rare. Yeah. So does that mean how did that even happen? Unless they no, redid I don't, the cover. I don't think they redid the cover. No, because the album came out in '92. That wasn't a single until '93. Who directed the video? It was a big deal. Though. It was me. <sighs> yeah. That was my first Great work, Bob. It's my directorial debut. Yeah. And then you went right from that to A Few Good Men, as I recall. A Few Good Men. Then yep. I took a little break and then Flock of Dudes, <laughs> available on DVD in New Zealand. <laughs> and maybe Australia. Maybe, but we don't know. Uh, <laughs> you're one of those guys. You're like, you, you, you pick your... You're like... I'm like Terrence Malick. Yeah, Terrence Malick. You're a Stanley Kubrick type. Right, you but alive. Spots. Yeah. You got anything working right now? I mean, we're a long way away from it. Mm-hmm. 10, 12 years. Easy. 2032, it's coming. Flock of dudes too. All right, we're into still flocking. Still flocking. Actually, I would watch that movie. I'd like. I would. I enjoy Flock of Dudes. I thought it was a very funny movie. But I'd like to know where those characters are in twenty years, right? Or ten years, right? Right. But actually, now that I think about it, it's probably basically us now. So really boring. They're podcasting. They're podcasting. If they're lucky, they have kids. They're <laughs> renting a house. Yeah, they were they were unaware that this time in their lives where they were hanging out with their buddies being idiots was the best time. It's like, oh, I got to move on from right. this time where I have no meaningful relationships and I'm drinking a lot and because not that's taking thing, my career seriously. That's the thing you think in your 20s, right? Do that. <laughs> Be that way. As, uh, society as, now affords you the opportunity to remain arrested in your development until, until you're like 40. Easy. No, don't be that guy. 45. 32. 32 is about right. And then you settle down and you get married at 35. And then you have two kids by 40. Wait, but what if... Everything's okay. What if you get married at 38? You're pushing a little bit with the kids stuff if you want to have double-digit kids. What if your wife is 22? Now now we're in a whole other ballgame. All right, I'm just throwing it out there. You're playing a very good game of darts. Holy man, next track. Ooh, this is tickling the things that I like. Like my balls. Yeah. This song tickles my balls. ball tickling. I'm a sucker for the uh, the drummer. He's like, I'm going to take off a, a couple minutes from the drums and go. It's one of your moves? Yeah. Yeah. I like when they do that. And he's got the voice. His voice is hitting your sweet spot. I can tell. I like his voice.
you I know, like this one though. You know that if he didn't pass, we would be going to see Blind Melon. At, so oh, if he didn't pass, opening for Dave Matthews at the Forum. Are you an NPR broadcaster? I am. If he didn't pass, what do you want me to say? I don't know. If he didn't croak, no, but something like right in the middle of that. If he didn't die, if if he didn't. You said die a lot. I'm trying to mix expire. it up a little bit. I got a vast vocabulary. If we didn't lose Shannon. If we didn't lose Mr. Hoon. I mean, you have to, a pass. It's almost like. I like pass. <laughs> you don't like pass? I like pass. All right, go on. Sorry. We'd be watching uh, Blind Melon open for Dave at the forum in like three months. Oh. Like they would be on tour together forever. We would definitely be in the parking lot for that show. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Um, that's holy, man. Well, Blind Melon, still, they're still touring. I hate that. I hate that too. I hate it so much. They actually, it was even, it was really sad with Blind Melon too, because when Hoon went 67 to 95. Obviously. They, and I know this, I think from the backpack. (laughs) No, I knew the year from the backpack, your backpack, but I, I learned basically everything I know from the behind the music episode of Blind Melon. Right. As most people, I'm sure. That they put. Because they had really expired in terms of being a, a big pop culture phenomenon. By the time he died already, it was very things were moving very fast at that moment. That they put an ad in the classifieds. Yeah, you're right. Like looking yeah. for a new lead singer. Yeah. Which fucking sucks. Like Van Halen, like when David Lee Roth quit Van Halen, and I know they were one of the biggest rock bands of their era. Like it was the biggest story in the world. And then Sammy Hagar, when he got the job, it was like. It was a big deal. It was the biggest news in the world. Uh, an ad in the classifieds. Yeah, that's not good. Um, and you're not going to believe it, but the whoever the lead singer was did not carry them back to commercial greatness. Wait, are you sure? The other band that did that was Sublime, and eventually we're going to do that Sublime album, but they replaced him with like some motherfucker named Rome or something, and then it was like Sublime plus Oh, yeah, plus Sublime Rome. and Rome. Like, yeah, they up. did that whole thing. Have you ever driven down to Long Beach? Never. Um, every time I'm down there, I've only gone there a few times. I'll end up parking by a wall, different wall, with a giant sublime mural on it. Bradley Knoll. Multiple. Is sub- it the fucking Dalmatian? It's 2018. There are multiple sublime murals in Long Beach to this I, day. I can't say I saw that coming. Yeah. All well, right. neither did he. Oof. Well, he did pass as well. They croaked. <laughs> All right. This is Seed to a Tree. Track 10 of 12. Remember when you got to the back end of Zuropa during the last dealer's choice and you're like, <laughs> this feels like it's dragging now? Yeah, I feel it too. I'm feeling I'm it. I'm ready to wrap up this Blind Melon uh Let's go to the next track. We can, we can, we can skip over this one. Detour. <laughs> Nostalgia trip, excuse me. All right. That's a little <laughs> better. All right. Uh, here we go. Track uh, 11 is Drive. Is this like a Cars cover? Because that would be fucking That awesome. would be really cool. But no, I think it's a really good song. Sounds like they're free burn. This is Dad Rock. Why did why didn't uh, Axel throw Shannon a bone and appear on this album? 
because Axel's a cock. <laughs> oh, I mean, right. isn't he famously a cock? Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a horrible person. Why would he? Sounds like everyone's on heroin right now. <laughs> this makes me want to do some heroin. It's like all four guys are on heroin playing four different songs, but it also it kind of miraculously comes together yeah, and sounds like pretty it. good. I like it. Yeah, this is one that I want to revisit after the pod. It's been a while since I've heard this song. It's just um, like pleasure yourself. Should we be doing heroin? What you want to get into age? I don't know for the pod. I don't think anyone's ever. Well, I shouldn't say that. People have definitely you? done podcasts on heroin, but oh, has anyone ever done like like a two man podcast where they're both on heroin for the first time? <laughs> Think about that. Have you ever been offered heroin? No. Yeah, I, me neither. I don't hang out with people that do heroin. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe typically, it's, it's a, maybe that asshole roommate of yours that fucked me over with the black crows was he like, was "Yo, pothead. Dan, you want some H? Marijuana is a gateway drug. I'm not sure where he is at this stage, but I think he did all right for himself. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's Drive. <clears throat> we have one song left, I'm all right? Set with that one. Uh, yes. Here's the final track. It's called Time. Part of me hopes it's like a, a cover of the Hootie song that came out two years later. <laughs> Wait a minute. Which I really enjoyed Time. So that would, make, that would make Hootie the cover of this. But. Um, no, I th- some time travel involved because that would make this interesting. That would. But this is a different song, I think, called Time. Let's listen to it. Trying to properly contextualize this album. I want to come up with like a big sweeping statement that makes me figure kind of where it stands in the grand scheme of things in my life, in music, in the world. You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. And I think I got it. All right. What do you got? (laughs) Thank you. A, p- a potentially poop fart? <laughs> a potential poop fart? Uh, potential. Here's the thing. There was a time, there was a place. Don't abandon this album in its time of need, Bob. I'm not. There are songs on this album that will forever be important to me. Some of the ones that we glossed over, like Dear Old Dad and Tones of Home, 
I'll always That's really the child molestation tune. Potentially. Track five. Potentially. Read into that as you Those may. Those following at home. Read into that as you may. Um, and obviously, no rain and change. As an album, I have no place for this in my life. Okay. There's stuff I like. There's a lot I don't like. Doesn't hold up in a lot of ways for me. Um, but it doesn't, honestly, you say it doesn't hold up, but it's not dated. No, no, for me, yeah. Yeah, it's not like it sounds dated. It, it's just like if you are into a certain music, if you're like that kind of a, a modern band, at least a modern band at the time, throwing back to like 70s rock, I get why you'd like it. It's not the type of music I'm into. So I, like hearing this album, um, I'm not going to, like when I heard, for instance, the Ben Folds album, I thought that was interesting when we heard um, the, um, which is such great heights band. What's the name again? Postal service. Postal service. I got into that album afterwards. I will not be revisiting this. I don't, I don't quite get the blind melon thing, but I will uh, forever love no rain. So it, this, album, yeah. this, this experience has not changed my opinion on the band blind melon. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that in a cocksucker way, Bob, but just, uh, no, just and I'm I not, feel. I don't take personal offense. I was, believe it or not, I was not in blind melon. Um, so I don't take that personally at all. I thought you were. No, I wasn't. That's a common misconception. A lot of people uh. think I was in Blind Melon, but I wasn't. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This I, I don't see myself really listening to this ever again in a lot of ways. Whoa. Maybe I will. Wow, you're distancing yourself. I am. No, it's interesting because like, we knew that this was going to happen on the podcast. We're like, revisiting albums you haven't heard in a long time. And it was always like, this was one of those albums even at the time which was like like i said it was aerosmith pearl jam and this and pearl jam remained one of my favorite bands forever aerosmith was get a grip and that was it but this <laughs> we got to do get a grip by the way we will but this was a different style of music that i was like dipping my toes in at the time and there there's a version there's like a timeline where i became the guy that loved blind melon and wrote shannon Hood on my backpack 67 to 95 and then i started listening to fish and Ooh. God Street Wine. Got and, real fat. And uh, got real fat and a big beard <laughs> yes. and put rubber bands in my beard like Captain Lou Albano. Yeah. And got worked, into video production. Got into, became an editor. <laughs> I definitely started editing. Um, like that could have happened very easily. Oh. But that's not what happened. So here we are in 2018. There's like four songs on this I still really like, but that's it for Blind Melon. Hashtag your dad was right. Dad be. was right. <laughs> Hashtag dad was right. All right, Bob, pick the song for the Spotify playlist. Obviously, this is all you. It's a dealer's choice episode. Uh, the last time you ever revisit this album in full, you're telling us. So what is the song you want to remember the album by? I think we have to put on change. I mean, I would love to do No Rain, but we don't do that. No, we don't. We don't. Yeah. All right. This is the Marshall Tucker Band song? Yes. Okay, I'm fine with it. Um, Follow... The Throwback Pod on Twitter at Throwback Pod. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Throwback Pod. If you want to, you really like dig in and and uh, and begin a discourse, but with no guarantee of a response. <laughs> uh, Gmail at the Throwback Pod at Gmail. And again, this podcast exists because you guys, the listeners, kept it alive after Headgum stuck a big old twelve-inch dildo up our buttholes. <laughs> That, uh, wait, did they yes. do that to you? Because they never did that to me. They're coming in like two hours. They come um, at 2 a.m. every you, Wednesday night. Are you sure Are me. you sure that's HeadGum? <laughs> I just assumed it was. <laughs> no, I don't know if that's them. Uh, maybe it's not. Anyway, 
Patreon.com slash throwbackpod if you want to support the show. Anything helps. Even $2 a month helps. Uh, but you can go up and down our scale. Go to, uh, to you know, uh, show how cool you are. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Or rich you are. Be cool. How much disposable income you have. Yeah. You know, really, it really depends. But anything helps. So please do that. Uh, and if if you don't know how to spell Patreon, because we don't, go to our Twitter page. and you catch Yeah, it right it's there. all there on the Twitter page. Thank you to everybody supporting this pod. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime... Go fuck yourself. Nice.